Aloha, everybody. This is Tyler, and we are on a casual Master Quest side quest. We're going to be doing a little special today. We're going to be interviewing Cam, a person that we know and we all love, but we don't quite know why. <laughs> Currently, as my partner, interviewer, slash interrogator, I have Nick over by my side. Nick, how are you doing today? Good. Fantastic. It's a, little, it's a little warm, a little toasty, but otherwise I, I good we're gonna put the heat on cam we are going to grill him at a nice 400 maybe a 450 degrees because i want a little sear on him yeah. uh, first question immediately cam how do you like your steak Ooh, how do i like my steak um like hmm, steak? I, I don't need too too much steak but probably it, more on the rare side of things I like i like some blood i like some liveliness in the meat so okay good yeah. uh that was a bit of a maybe a, a blue rare grilled question for you so i'll uh, just warm me up here <laughs> Uh, for those who don't know, Cam, of course, is one of our beloved co-hosts and is one of the most critical people in our team. I would say between myself, Cam, and Nick, uh, Cam is probably the most knowledgeable when it comes to video game information uh -huh. and to some extent, uh, probably the funniest. I would like to say I'm probably at the bottom of the total poll. Uh, Nick likes to shoot these gems every now and then, but Cam always lays down the heat in such a way. Whether it's a very quick-witted joke that involves facts about the Vita or his very high-pitched squealing when it comes to playing at Fortnite and discovering an enemy. You're making me blush. However, we're not here for stories. Actually, we are. But don't worry. I got 17 questions lined up so far. A couple of heavy hitters down the way. Nick is going to be helping me. Let's do this. All right, let's roll. Cam, question number one. Is Cam short for Cameron? It is, yes. So it is short for Cameron. <laughs> But you don't like being called Cameron. No, so it's a kind of a joke I've been making, which is that only the government calls me Cameron. Uh, I really don't like formality, just in a general sense. I'm not a fan of formality. I hate it to an extent. So anything short, sweet, informal, Cam, I've gone by it my entire life. It's on my school forms at this point. And yeah, my full name, I'm not a fan of it. Like, it's so, a decent name. I'm not like anti my name, mind you. But uh, I just like the informality of Cam. So okay, off the top. So Mr. Cam collects, you'd be like, please, that's my father's name. Yeah, <laughs> okay. exactly, exactly. No, Cam Collects is my father's name. Please call me Cam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you have any other nicknames that you've been known for? Oh, geez. I mean, there's a lot just because, you know, Cam has some stuff I can rhyme with. I remember people used to call me Camera. Um, some people just <laughs> called me Monkey. Monkey, and a lot of my family call me Monkey because I like climbing all over the place. Okay, uh, I don't, I don't have that. any cool nicknames, unfortunately, like like recent cool nicknames. I could use a couple, I think. I think it'd be really rad if uh, I had one of those nicknames, like kind of like sports people do or swimmers do and stuff, where it's like, oh, he's the he's the saw shark of Rhode Island or something like that. I'd take ooh, that. Ooh. I'd go with that. That'd be good. We can work with something here. We, yeah, got, yeah. we got quite a few questions. <laughs> uh, there was a point where I was calling you uh, Camelan whenever I was talking with Nick. I'm like, oh, uh, we got to wait for Camelam to yep. uh, show up. But uh, Camelama. Camelama was a thing. Camelama Ding Dong was a thing. Oh, man, there goes my fun then. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Go ahead and interject anytime you want to, Nick. Okay. Go ahead and hit that buzzer and just shoot him. Well, don't shoot him. We got to keep him alive for the interrogation. We need information. Understandable. Right, right. And also for the episode. Sure. Well, Future yeah. episodes. Not so much. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Like I said, uh, critical character. When were you born, Cam? Ooh, okay. October 5th, 1994. Wow. Wow. Uh, yeah. I knew this question would make me feel immediately old, <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah. It, it's weird because uh, 1991, and I consider anybody super young if they're younger than my sister, which is 93. So, mm -hmm. okay. You say 94, and it's like, whew. Yeah. If I, can, uh, if I can alleviate some of the concern, I say this a lot, but I grew up with the 93s because I was very young for my class, so I probably graduated in the same year your sister did. Okay, honorary. So, I, I will, I will work with you. Yeah, honorary 24, we'll say. Where, where <laughs> were you born, man? I'm, I'm, I was uh, born. Five. Oh, it's Nick. Oh, sorry. Before, I'm 95, my sister's a 2000. So, Ooh, not to make it feel wow. old. But, oh, my. Let's get carry on, Kev. <laughs> Ah, so where I was born, I was born in Newton, Massachusetts, uh, Newton Wellesley Hospital, which uh, funny enough, I think on my dad's side of the family, my dad's side of the family has been in the U.S. for a long, long, long time since the uh, 1600s. Mm. And it was somewhere to the order of like 15 generations or something like that of the men in my family. My dad's side were born in that like Newton Wellesley area or something like that. Holy smokes. Yeah, it was just going on all around that area. So, okay. Yep. Uh this is going to go a little bit over into the uh, video game experience, uh, Sweet. figuratively and literally, because that's the name of your podcast. What was your first video game experience? 
Ooh, you know, it's tough, right? Because I don't think I was definitely... The first time I saw a video game or played it, I probably wasn't cognizant enough to remember it. But the first thing I do remember playing was my grandma and my aunt, interestingly enough, were really into NES games. And that kind of surprised me because back then it was... They were older for the time back then. So it wasn't like they were kids getting into it. My aunt was in her, I think, 20s or something when uh, the NES came out. And so it was the scenario where they kind of had it out there. And so my first experience was probably three or four playing Duck Hunt and mario on the nes hmm. uh yeah uh, fair enough uh what was your first console though Ooh, my first console personally was i believe a game boy color 1998 and that was actually when i got blue version as well because it came out right around my birthday in october so i got blue version and a game boy color from my aunt uh, slash my mom i believe they both lived with me at the time and i can't remember exactly who gave it to me but uh yeah that you know that started the pokemon brainwashing so get it in get it long and been there ever since were you a good kid no i was terrible Oh, you were a terrible kid. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, are we, are we talking like uh, I wouldn't walk on the sidewalk whenever I was going somewhere? Or are we talking like uh, I, I like to put soap on cars? No, I was, never, I was never malicious. I was never uh, mean to other kids. It, my problem was I was on the opposite spectrum where I felt a lot of injustice related things. And I was like a big against authority guy. So like I was questioning my teachers, not in like a philosophical sense or anything, just being generally a snot. Uh, from preschool on there's a famous story where apparently my preschool teacher uh, there was a jar of acorns in the classroom and I brought in my own acorns and she tried to make me put my acorns back and of course those are mine she didn't believe me she thought I was lying but those were my acorns mm. um, so apparently I think I might have bit her or something like that like well that wouldn't ask yeah so like it was always <laughs> I was always very stubborn as I am now extremely stubborn and the only reason I'm not a giant asshole now is because people let me do what I want that's the thing and back in the past, yeah, yeah, definitely. No, I was, I was a uh, very, very loud, very wild, hard to control. A lot of calls, a lot of calls to the homes from schools yeah. and stuff. I chaotic I good. <laughs> yeah, no, chaotic good is my alignment. Yeah, no, it's true. Chaotic neutral. I'll have my acorns so. and kill anybody in the way. <laughs> that, that's very much like the uh, squirrel from Ice Age. Yeah, yeah, no, understand. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Have any pets, Cam? <laughs> Uh, no, not right now, but I did in the past. And, oh, what kind uh, of pets did you have when you were a kid? I had a cat named Scargo. And uh, oh, Scargo, every pet that's ever been in my family has found us rather than us picking them. So my mm -hmm. dad has a cat right now named Spot. And Spot just kind of at our lake house just wandered in one day and we, we took him in. And the same thing for Scargo. We were actually on a vacation up in Maine, hence the name Scargo. And uh, we just, there was a cat, stray cat, I guess, that was just outside our window. I was maybe four or five. And there was like a dog came up and like the cat, my cat Scargo scared off the dog. It was like a German Shepherd or something like that. Ooh, um, guardian so, cat. It was amazing because Scargo had never once since that point, we never heard her hiss. She never scratched anybody. She never did anything. And so I, we had Scargo up until like, I think 2014 or 15 when she was put down. So like oh. 90, 98, 99, oh, maybe all the way then. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that, but it sounds like she lived a, a very big, happy life. Yeah, she was a good kitty. Okay, fair enough. Did you, uh, well, actually, I almost skipped a question here. Uh, I think we actually answered it, but I'm going to reiterate for the sake of time. What were you like in high school? Oh, no, this one. Okay, this is different because high school is a different story. Ooh. So uh, high school, man, early high school, I was... I, as hardcore as I am now about whatever I was into at the time, um, I was very fat. I was a, I was a big fatty. Uh, I was getting up to around, at my worst, I think around 240 pounds or something like that. Okay. Um, and at 5'10", you know, it kind of showed. Like, I look back at pictures now and I'm like, man. But uh, during 10th, 11th grade, right around then, I kind of got more into the internet culture full time. And I watched Gurren Logan for the first time, an anime that I've talked about before that really changed a lot of my perspective on life. And uh, I've carried that even up until now. And from that, High school became like my friend group and I just being the tightest of friends you could ever imagine. We knew everything about each other. We still do. Um, absolutely nothing off the table. We, you know, did a bunch of crazy stuff. We were all boisterous. We were all loud. We were all confident. And uh, I actually ran a news channel as well. And it was probably some of the funnest times I've ever had in my life because uh, we were just so wild. And everything was about like uh, reaching new heights, surpassing the heights of humanity and stuff like that. So, okay. This explains why you got really defensive really quickly <laughs> when the topic of recommended <laughs> anime and I may have trash talked it slightly <laughs> and you. You win up in arms fairly quickly. Uh, I, uh, up until 2016, I want to say I wore the uh, drill necklace from Gurren Lagann. I had that every day. I wore every day from 2012 to 2016. Why did you yep. stop? That's cool. Come on, Cam. I, I lost two it. of them. 
I lost two of them. I, that's the only reason I stopped. You only I, have two? I've over time, over those years, I've lost two of them. But I do I have one. Have like a medicine cabinet full of them at this no, point. No, it's the single one that's special. See, the soul resides in that single drill. But uh, I have a friend who made me one through metalworking back in the high school, and I still have nice. that one. I wear that to. Uh, I wear that secretly to formal events to keep it going a little bit. I wore it to my college graduation actually, so <laughs> I didn't tell anybody, but it was there. No, that's fantastic. This is information I was absolutely hoping to get from you. Uh, I'm going to hit you with a heavy hitter, if you don't mind. Oh, definitely. Let's go. Tell me about your parents. All right. My parents. They're you know, awesome. You talked about your dad, but uh, were they together when uh, when you were born? Or So interesting. So basically, my parents never got married. So they had never mm. once been married. But I always found it to be a benefit because in the cases of divorce, which is very prevalent these days, generally the parents seem to dislike each other. And because, of course, they divorced, there's always that that tenderness there. But in the case of them never married, they never really got tired of each other or got on each other's nerves to an extreme extent. So it was pretty much just like having two families I jump between. And they didn't dislike each other or anything like that. You know, twice the holidays, twice the presents. Um, the one thing I can say about my life growing up and definitely influenced who I am these days uh, in terms of independence and being stubborn was both my parents on both ends allowed me an extreme amount of freedom from a young age. Uh, generally, my dad, who I'd be with for the weekends, would say like, hey, what do you want to do this weekend? Even as young as five or six, it was what I wanted to do that weekend. Um, my mom and I lived with my aunt. But again, it was a similar scenario where um, I could stop doing things and start doing things almost whenever I wanted. Um, you know, I was never too constrained in terms of don't play video games till your homework's done or any of that. Uh, so, yeah, no, things were pretty free for me. And that, that really is a part of who I am now is that I was allowed that freedom. Okay. Uh, you say you uh, often spend a lot of time going between your uh, either your parents' places, and I believe that's the, uh, why you really enjoyed the Game Boy Color and other portable games. Yes, yes. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I'm going to shoot you with another heavy hitter you probably weren't expecting. I didn't ask. That's all right. Let's do it. Religion. Thoughts. Ooh, really? Oh, thoughts on religion. Wow. Yeah, here we go. Uh, well, I mean, are, are you religious? Are you just... No, no. So as far as religious as I'll get is, uh, well, I'll, I'll put it this way. So I talked about this before to you guys briefly, but uh, for a stint in high school, actually, at the end during my senior project, I learned and practiced uh, Reiki energy healing. Mm -hmm. And I've also, you know, I've done the rounds and looked at a few religions, but growing up, religion was never meant to be my my. My mom is religious to an extent, and my dad, I'm not sure about, maybe, maybe not. Uh, I haven't talked to him about it recently, but both of them never really brought it up. So I never went to church, never was baptized or anything like that. Uh, so it was just kind of a non-entity in my life growing up. And nowadays, I'm, I'm, here's the thing, I'm agnostic, but my stubbornness wants to make me an atheist because my stubbornness says that even if there was a God, I'd probably have a problem with him somewhere and want to fight him. So, <laughs> so that, that's generally my perspective now is even if there was, I'd probably want to fight them over something. Fair enough. Uh, that I guess that would be comparable to the uh, the gun theory at this point, where no matter how happy you are with the movie, you'll find a fault with somebody to try to tear him down. Yeah, no, exactly. I'd I'd get into fisticuffs with God over something. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. You know, God's like, I'm gonna give the Vita half a battery life. Oh <laughs> hell no! <laughs> like, okay. Anyways, can't do that. <laughs> Did you uh, go to college? Yes. So I actually finished college. I graduated a couple months ago. Hmm. Uh, where did you go to college at? Congratulations. By the <laughs> Thank way. you. Yeah. So the first college I went to was this place called Hampshire College out. And that was right after high school out in uh, Amherst, Mass, which was a, an experimental school. There were no grades and you could make your own majors there. It was a perfect fit for somebody like me who likes doing a bunch of wild and unique stuff. And there were some people there who this studied sword making. Yeah. yeah. There were people there who studied sword making, uh, for example. All they did was forge swords at the uh, forge swords at the forge and then like practice sword arts. And that was their major. Uh, I was trying towards an education of some kind in terms of a teaching of some kind but unfortunately just due to finances it was a very expensive school um, i couldn't stay there so i had to leave and then i went to rhode island college which is a state school here but not the community college we have like three state schools sort of right. and uh so it's, it's like the mid-tier i would say between rhode island is com like community college rhode island ccri uh, Rhode Island College and then URI, which is the full, you know, university, basically. And so I went to Rhode Island College for five years because they like to keep you there. Wow. And, uh, I initially was there for elementary education. I was going to be a teacher, an elementary school teacher originally. Yes. Uh, I've worked with kids a lot. I've uh, worked as an assistant teacher in uh, elementary schools before. And I just switched out of it because part of the program was having a problem and part just about disillusionment because what was going on at the time was a lot of things 
uh, it was a lot more structured than I'd hoped because I really like teaching kids and working with kids in terms of, you know, like helping them to better themselves, helping them to be confident in themselves and things like that. And then, you know, teaching, dispensing lore, that sort of thing. But it was getting to the point where when we'd enter our classes, it wasn't about the kids. The classes were about you need to grade to the uh, even the sorry, even the grading has standards. So like our grading on papers had to have certain standards that they had to adhere to. And it was just an overwhelming amount of standards. Um, it wasn't as uh, I'd say it wasn't as malleable as I would like in terms of curriculum, and that sort of thing. So I kind of got out of it and I went for geography. So oh. that's what I graduated with. Congratulations. And if you don't mind me asking, what kind of degree did you walk out with? Yeah, so I walk out with it's I think it's just a Bachelor of Arts, but it's in geography. And what I specialize in is GIS, which is uh, geospatial information systems, basically. And Very nice. what I do is a lot of the mapping stuff that you see on like Google Maps and things like that. You sound like a quest giver for a game. <laughs> oh, yeah, just head down to the GIS's office and he'll tell you what to do and where to go. Pretty much. I, I mean, sometimes with the sewer workers, it becomes that where it's like, we need to check out the information on these manholes. <laughs> that, that fair. <laughs> Jeez, dude, that, that was not the way I was going to try to uh, you know imagine it, but sure. <laughs> Uh, what kind of projects do you work towards in your free time? I mean, besides playing games, uh, we're on it right now. So I do Into the Video Game, which is the podcast I produce um, with my friends. And that's been going for over a year now. And I'm also here on Casual Master Quest, of course. And right now, because Into the Video Games, you know, going solid, we're getting the good numbers, getting good deals. And that's kind of a set. Uh, process i would say set schedule every week i'm yeah. focusing really hard right now on twitch and trying to, to grow that and get bigger on twitch and um, have a good time there as well so that's my main focus right now all right fair enough uh this is another big one but i have you anticipating it what is your favorite game of all time yeah you know yeah. Uh, it's what i will say about this is i'm not going to say this is by any objective measure when we're talking about my favorites of course i'm talking about the one that personally resonated with me of not course. the best right. not the best design game i've ever seen because it that's doesn't a have game. to be a goatee i will not judge you you could tell yeah. me it's super Mar or uh superman 64 <laughs> if it's your favorite game you know Go at it, sure. Yeah, and you know, because I just think I have to, I have to go with Persona 4 Golden. I like, I could go Pokemon Blue because that's what got me into games, but Persona 4 Golden brought me back into games, and so for that, it's very important because uh, there was a period of time late high school where um, I, I didn't mention it before, and um, I'm hopefully it's not one of the questions because I do want to keep the video game Persona separate from some of this, but uh, oh, I was, I'm very much and was very much into politics. I just don't talk about it online at all. And so there was a period in high school, late high school, also early college, where that's all I did. And in terms of a hobby, I stopped playing video games. I just focused on politics. I reported news, did stuff like that. Um, a lot of the news reporting skills I, I do now with into the video game, I kind of picked up there. And so I kind of got out of video games and it was just through boredom that I picked it back up and happened upon Persona 4 Golden for a chance. And I was so intrigued by it, a different thing that a video game could be from the standard fare I imagined, that I got completely back into games, became a collector, and that's where I am now. <laughs> Fair enough. You See, touched on it. background now makes sense with all the numbers and the statistics. Yeah, and yeah. Underground. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Numbers. Very similar. I would love yeah. to see you with the graph, actually. I've not seen you with a graph. <laughs> uh, it's because you haven't seen it. I used to do PowerPoints at my college club, and I do have graphs. Mm. I got a lot of graphs. You must yeah. be popular. But not good enough. <laughs> now, now it's a requirement. We, you have to go and print out these graphs, and every week, even if it's something like I uh, hold them up, just like yeah. um, hours I've spent in the last week playing, and you just put out a pie chart. Or you know, I, I mean, that shouldn't be too hard, right? With uh, enough technology, just Google nah, that. Easy, easy. I can do that. Oh, easy, but like you have to make like the big physical charts, and you know, bring them and like have yeah, nice yeah. Put so it on an easel in the background. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Cam, you touched on a little bit. I'm, I, I'm just curious a little bit. Is there any kind of political parties you associate yourself with? Uh, yeah. So in terms of politics, here's the thing. I don't no, no. So no is the answer. Uh, okay. I don't associate with any particular party. Um, but when it comes to talking politics online, I want to make sure that my online persona, at least for like people who listen to individual games, stuff like that is not associated with politics in any form, um, because that's a a political based decision because if we're talking about you know politics and philosophy it's political to say i'm not going to talk about politics and be a political or try to on the podcast uh so that's my opinion there at least but uh yeah that stuff is is meant for secrets and in person i will say so that's one thing i will decline to answer but i will say that uh i am i am radical in where i am so i'm not a uh i'm not a there's not a simple way to to, to answer that question Oh, I totally understand. If there's two <laughs> things that can sink your career is by divulging either information about religion or politics, because 
there are so many diverse and very well-spoken groups that will they 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 get really turned down if you uh if it turns that's out they're I, not the same as you that's why yeah, you guys should come to canada yeah well see i have no problem talking about religion on here for the most part especially how I, what i believe but when it comes to politics i wouldn't mind talking about it at all if i hadn't already made the choice on my like online personas because i don't want people to be able to figure it out either that's part of the fun i think of course i want to make it like a i want to keep it a secret Put it Absolutely, <laughs> he secretly supports Superman from this, you know, Superman 2020. Uh, anyways, as a notable fan of the PlayStation Vita, oh, actually, so let me let me let me go back though, because there's one thing I definitely don't mind doing. If um, you want to answer, because I, I don't want to skip the politics question, because I feel no, like I certainly I want to answer everything. So what I will say is is this is I'll talk about political in the past real quick. Um, up until so. Very early on in my life, um, in middle school, I decided I was a communist. Had no idea what it was, and uh, quickly fell out of that. I feel in high that. school, I respect that. In high school, I was I was known as Captain America or Americam. I was a hardcore conservative, and I would uh, what's it called to the point where I, I had jokes about you know killing commies and stuff like that. Oh um, lord, yeah, I had no idea with the older gents. I had no idea, of course. <laughs> like, um, I had no idea. You know, that, that's not something you say regardless. Right. That's not something you say as you're going around killing people or anything like that. But uh, yeah. No, so in high school, early high school, very early high school, I was a hardline conservative. Uh, then I was libertarian for a bit. Then I was an anarcho capitalist for a bit. Um, and many, many far down the line, I'm uh, somewhere else completely. So I was going to guess either a uh, socialism or fascism, but that's uh, beyond me. Do not have yep. to detail in. I can that. say I've never flirted. I've never flirted with socialism. I have flirted with fascism. Okay, fair enough. In the past. <laughs> Speaking of socialism, as a notable fan of the PlayStation Vita, <laughs> can you tell me what inspired you to publicly appreciate it so much when others backed away? Huh. from it? man, I mean that's just that's just such a hard question. I don't because know how I. You are. I don't know a, how I'd ever. I don't know how I'd ever answer answer anything like that. That would be ridiculous. Oh Who could God. like the PlayStation Vita? It's There's nothing going. to play. <laughs> I brought props for this. Okay, so that's my, I think, 33 Vita games physical. I, I was going to say, for the audio listeners, uh, Cam was very kind enough to show what looked like uh, between two and a half to three dozen uh, PlayStation Vita titles <laughs> stacked up. I thought up. it would never end. I was, <laughs> I was hoping it would never end. It looked like the opening scene from Spaceballs where you're waiting for the ship to just keep going and finally wrap up, but it just kept going for another solid 45 seconds. That yeah, was yeah. the Vita titles that he uh, had purchased. Yeah, it scrolls, it scrolls. Uh, but yeah, so in regards to the Vita, so the actual real reality situation is that the Vita is a great platform and everybody who didn't jump on it, I feel, are the ones who were mistaken. Uh, and the reason for that being is that the Vita, especially with the addition of the PlayStation TV, which came later down the line, because uh, that's one thing that really just sells me there, is uh, the Vita was not meant, and and they didn't really know what they were doing with it, but uh, in the Western market, because it's doing great in the East, but in the Western market, what they their intention was from Sony was like, oh, I guess we'll see if we can release some Uncharted's on it, maybe some Call of Duties, make it big. But the problem was the Western market doesn't like handhelds as much. And so the core gamers who like Call of Duty, who liked uh, that sort of game, Killzone, that, that's sort of thing weren't looking to play handhelds so the sales were terrible because of that it became a jrpg machine it became a japanese game machine and also a port and indie game machine but that's where it shines because as i've told you before i really like handhelds so what you have here is a handheld system that of course can like play through a majority of the god of war games majority of jack and daxter games sly cooper games his collections are all of them your solid games all the big sony franchises were pretty much all rounded up on this one system through digital downloads you can play final fantasy one through ten two on this thing and if you're talking remote play with the ps4 you can play 11 as well yeah uh, 15 so in terms of just a variety of things you can get to with psp download titles with ps1 download titles with all the vita games as well like these are all physicals here there was just so much to offer from the library but the one big thing that i was really interested in is vita also is an opportunity for exploration because uh, you know we often sink into i feel or at least i did buying our favorite franchises over and over and not branching out really where it's like you know you wait for the next thing to come out in the thing you like and vita for me was i picked up the console on a whim and i was like well i don't know anything on here i don't know what any of these things are let's figure it out right it's like i know metal gear solid but what's persona what's uh you know valkyrie drive what's trails in the sky i don't know what these are and so it was exploration in terms of finding new series finding new types of games and finding new genres i enjoy there are two points i want to put out here that it sounds like you're 
maybe putting uh, the PlayStation Vita to the equivalent of Pandora's box, mm. where you open it and you discovered hope and despair. Exactly. Danganronpa at the same time. <laughs> that is that's very true. And awesome. uh, the second point I want to point out is, and this is a bit unrelated, mm-hmm. you, you had mentioned before that if Microsoft would like to challenge or defeat uh, Sony on a large margin, they would have to simply open the floodgates of money and then just yes. you know just douse them. It almost sounds like Sony did a similar tactic against the Nintendo DS at the time, where they just they dumped a lot of money, made a very high spec handheld, but then they didn't have the 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 mid game to the end game to keep mm-hmm. up with it. They just wanted to make a giant, very awesome handheld. Yeah, and that's something that I think, or at least I respect, is I respect the power because I don't respect like. Selling is one thing. You you know, every console sells. If it sells well, it doesn't necessarily mean it's the best console ever, right? But Very for true. like PSP and the Vita, at the time those things came out, they were cutting edge. Uh, the PSP at the time, mind you, in like 2004, was a handheld that had graphics in between the power of a PS1 and a PS2. Nothing that the DS could even hold a candle to. The same thing with the Vita, where while the 3DS had a 240p screen, the Vita was pushing graphics between PS2 and PS3, probably like a PS2.5 even. And uh, to see that on a handheld in 2011, was goddamn impressive. Yeah, it was, it was mind-boggling. Yeah, so I respect them a lot for putting the power into it. Of course, a lot of uh, monetary problems came because of that, but I respect the system a lot, and people people who want to explore, I think, should pick it up, but uh, there's definitely plenty of games for anybody to be interested in, every genre, every major indie game, but yeah. All right. Uh, you're obviously on uh, the podcast with us with Casual Master Quest, but you started your own. Tell us about Into the Video Game. Yeah, so into the video game. Terrible, terrible name. Uh, so here's what happened. So very. You said it, not me. No, no, no. I know it's a terrible. I mean, we're name. casual master quests. We, 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 <laughs> we sound like an Indian flick. If you want a you know, Bollywood film. Every, fair, every, fair. every person I've 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 mentioned the name of our show to, they've it's it's always not been met with uh, laughter. <laughs> well We've yeah always, I mean, and i've been like well but you know we're just we're just having fun and they're like oh okay that makes sense <laughs> it's like making a band I, called hot nightmare candy it's like I, that's good though i like the name i like casual master quest so here's the thing right so into the video game started as uh, very early in college probably around 20 2014 or something like that uh, my friends and i who as i've told you before in the high school story are extremely close to the point of insanity. Uh, we had always felt like, man, we should do Let's Plays. Like we should do a YouTube channel or something like that. You know, the dream everybody has uh, these days. But uh, we decided basically wait until everybody has a plan in life. Wait till everybody is, you know, somewhere in one place, staying there. So we all graduated college. My friends graduated a couple of years earlier than I did, and they found themselves in the same area. And I found myself here for another couple of years. So I was like, guys, why don't we do it? Right. It's fantastic. And it's like it was fate. Yeah. It's like it's fate or something. So we practice a lot. My my co-founder, Sam, who's on into the video game, we practice a lot for the intention of doing videos in his basement, doing Let's Plays uh, for, you know, as we started collecting 2015, 2016, 2017, doing stuff in his basement just to test things out. And I want to say two weeks before we started, or something like that. I made the call where I talked to Sam and I was like, I don't think videos are the way to go. I want to do a podcast. And that was about two weeks before we launched the whole endeavor. And we were still not sure if we wanted to do it or not. And he was like, okay, I'll do videos and you can handle the podcast. Great. E3 2017 comes along and we decided on the day, June 10th, 2017, we decided on that day to start it because we were like, okay, you know, we don't have a logo. We don't have a name where we pseudo have a name or something like that. But we're like, it's E3. We need to jump now or never. And so we jumped and my friend Josh, graphic designer, uh, he just mocked up a logo for us in like 20 minutes, which is the one we have over there. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. We recorded on, we had b- brought, bought equipment already for testing. So we recorded on a blue Yeti all laying on the floor uh, around a blue Yeti. And uh, the Into the Video Game name was originally meant to be ironic because it was going to be a video series. So it was going to be like, whoa, you know, 90s aesthetic, like we're going into the video game. And uh, <laughs> uh, of course, with the podcast reporting on news, we dropped that very quick. But the name stays. And the good thing I will say about it is all the websites were open. So nice. now we have into the video game.com, which I'm yeah. happy about. Hey, ITVG. Very good choice. Yeah. Yeah. You can get a good. Yeah. ITVG. We use that sometimes. It's it's good. But yeah, that's that's what's going on there. How many episodes are you in right now? Fifty nine. Fifty nine. Yep. You with know, Kim. A bunch of side stuff. <laughs> with that, uh, you know, many people would usually give up on projects like this after mm-hmm. a while. Well, allowed you to persevere. 
Yeah, so I, you know, I've seen a lot of this too, just being around where people generally go. Actually, funny enough, a lot of people won't listen to podcasts until they're at their 20th episode or something. It's a thing because they want to see if they'll continue or not. They don't want to get invested in something and then have it drop. For me, uh, one part, I'm stubborn. So I don't, I'm not going to give up. It's a very much a stubbornness thing. And I'm also very prideful of the project because it's my personal project. So, right, that's the thing, right? Since I took it all, I do the editing, I do the posting, I do the advertising. Because of that, it's very much tied to me. So if it stops, it's going to be because of me. Right. And not because of any other excuse. And to that end, I'm not going to stop. So it's, it's a fever at this point. But what's really nice about it, you know, on part on that end, part on the fact that we actually picked up some really dedicated listeners very early on who email us practically every week. Um, and just even the couple of them, hearing from a couple of them every week in the very beginning was uh, super helpful for that. Um, on top of that, too, you know, generally, if you do something for three weeks, it becomes a habit. So these days, I actually can't remember, like, I can't remember what a time was like without the podcast where I'd have Tuesdays and Wednesdays free. So nice. like, it, it's just a thing now. It's, you know, we're in it. It's a non-hassle. We have everything streamlined pretty much. Editing only takes a couple hours. So uh, we don't see it any reason for it to stop soon. All right. Is there anything or any people that you want to give credit to keep you motivated and going or for keeping you motivated yeah, and going? Yeah. So uh, like I said before, a lot of it is self-motivation, but definitely, you know, my family was very supportive. Um, it was funny, too, because, you know, they don't know too much about video games, uh, but they try. You know, they, they try and listen every once in a while and they're like, oh, yeah. And I appreciate it. But I'm also like, you don't have to, because the thing is, like, I don't like the feeling from my end. I don't want people to feel obligated to listen to it. I don't want people to feel obligated just because they're my friends to listen to it or something like that. Like, I don't care about that. You don't want a guilt trip? No, I want people to listen to it if they're interested in the content, because I don't want to I don't want it to be anything but serious in terms of uh, people who are listening, enjoy it and not are doing it as a service to me or anything like that. You don't want to make your grandmother listen to it out of pity no, or something. No. OK, fair <laughs> enough. And my friends as well, even my friends are into video games. They see me enough of me. You know, they don't they don't need to if they don't want to. But uh, in terms of other people, I definitely give credit. Uh, we got a very early listener slash writer in named Sam um, from New York. And he wrote us in, I think, in June or July of 2017. And it was like, you know, a month or two in, we were just getting started. And he enjoyed us. He said how much he loved it. He'd been emailing it in. Uh, we had a couple people like that as well. Liz, a uh, person from Rhode Island, as well as Lubos recently, a guy from Slovakia uh, who has been uh, emailing in a lot. So, of course, my friends as well, you know, uh, they've all been great in terms of making sure they can come on every week, freeing up their schedules. So big credit to Josh, big credit to Sam, uh, our buddy Zach as well, who was a member up until recently when his work schedule didn't allow it. Um, big credit to Haley as well, who's doing a lot of our posting uh, early on social media. So, yeah, whole team, full credit. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of motivation. It's a team effort, definitely. Definitely. And if Cam didn't remember or I mentioned your name, it's probably because he might be terrible with names. And he no, totally would. You think you got everybody? I'm, I'm trying to think if I got everybody. If there's right? someone who's like, please say my name. Please right, say please, my name. Please say my name. Well, I'm, tr I'm thinking of motivations, right? So Thank you yeah. to all the fans. Yeah, thank you to all the fans, of course. But, yeah, no, it's the main group. The main group has always been myself, Sam. Haley, Josh, and Zach, and um, things have changed. You know, people have, have got, come and gone a little bit, uh, depending on their schedules. But right now, it's just Sam, Josh, and I primarily doing okay. the um, doing episodes week to week with guests and stuff. But yeah, they were all part of the process for creating it, advertising it, getting it out there. And I still consider them part of the team. We have a team chat, and they're all in it still. So all right, fair enough. Since you've become a podcaster, what skills did you have to learn? Man, uh, a lot actually. So one thing that was really really nice was I used to do voice work for the morning show that I ran. So I had a little bit of experience speaking, public speaking, doing teleprompter work and stuff like that, which we don't use a teleprompter, but reading off of scripts and things like that. Uh, but that was still the most difficult part, I would say, because altering your voice and trying to get the best podcasting voice you can, you have to be incredibly, incredibly careful about P's, S's, any of the plosives. And like, if you just pee into the mic, like I'm going to do it right now, just like a, a strong P, you'll hear that. And it'll sound horrible. And uh, there's a thing called sibilance as well with your S's, which I do have, where on the end of your S's, it sounds like a hissing of sorts. And oh, it's, hard yes. to, it's hard to change, but I recognize it in myself. And it's something I'm really trying to change. But yeah, definitely getting rid of ums, trying to get rid of butts and ums and doing things like that. Just giving a pause, basically, if you need to think of a thought. But one thing outside of the voice work itself that it really got me into was understanding and trying to do self-promotion, which I really don't like. But you have to do it. Right. I do you you got to be selfish when it yeah, comes to doing yeah. that. I do feel bad about it. But even more so than that, one thing I really appreciate about it, and I would 
honestly say everybody should really get in this habit, I think, is try and do your best to support your friends, at least in, in a sense. I know I said that people shouldn't feel obligated, but at the same time, I do want to say that nothing's opened my eyes to the amount of effort put into something versus the results as podcasting, where you know we'll put days, weeks of our lives, you know, eight hours. We used to edit for eight hours. So we'd edit eight hour for eight hours on an episode every single week. And mm-hmm. you know the numbers were, were still very low and even from local people. So my opinion now is that if I see a friend making something, generally I'll try and click on it unless I'm like incredibly busy or something like that or I'm not there at the moment. Um, so I'll generally try and click on something at least to give it a view, at least to give it just, you know, leave the tab open on a Twitch stream or something like that. Uh, because I think it was it was really tough to see that, you know, people are trying real hard to do stuff and they don't get stuff off the ground. So that's one thing I do appreciate now, I think, more so than I did before. Is there any skills that you had that you were, you know, that helped you a lot that you wouldn't have thought otherwise to use? Yeah, so definitely I like talking. So that's something that's definitely helped a lot with podcasting. Helps really? Stre- yeah, definitely. Helps on streams as well, too, because generally on the streams, we don't stop talking. I don't stop talking, even if I'm alone for like a, more than 10 seconds. So it really keeps stuff going as well. Uh, besides that, kind of just what I talked about. I did a little bit of voice work previously. So right. uh, when it comes to podcasting, was there any red flags you have to deal with or you want to warn us or anybody that's looking to get into it? Yeah, definitely. So for starting off on podcasts, no, the one thing that I did, of course, the red flag for me was political stuff. That was one of the main ones where even if to this day, if we have a guest on and we do warn them, try not to get political. But uh, if a guest does say something that's political to one way or another, we generally will cut it. And we'll try and keep it as apolitical of a podcast as possible, unless it's like about the industry itself. That's the one exception we have, uh, because the thing is, you're going to alienate half your audience, depending on you know, depending on statistics, right? But you might alienate yes. immediately a bunch of people if you take a hard stance. And of course, that can be a choice you make if you want to say from the beginning, I only want to cater to this specific audience because going for niches is a thing. But if you're trying to cast a broad net, probably not the best way to go. And I would say too is don't ever. Don't ever show until you're until you're bigger. And this is a this is a thing. But don't show how few viewers you have when you start. So don't what? if people ask, try and, you know, not avoid the question because you shouldn't lie or anything like that. But uh, maybe, you know, if somebody asked you directly, I'd say answer it. But I wouldn't go out posting like, oh, we've had five listeners this episode. Right. right. I think that starting off in podcasting, you do want to give listeners the impression that you're professional. You want to give people the impression that you're, you know, big guy doing big stuff. And so unless it's like. Unless it's directly asked of you, I wouldn't go around and posting as like about how well you're doing. And I wouldn't try and publicly be uh, dismayed about your numbers either. Absolutely because, not, because then people are going to assume you're trying to use that as a guilt tactic. Yeah, yeah. You'll try and use this guilt tactic or you're only in it for the money or views or getting popular or something like that. Uh, so it's definitely I think that's my biggest one is don't show your don't show your weaknesses, basically. When Absolutely. you're starting a podcast, don't show your weaknesses. Follow up to that. What are you like? what are your main motivations for the podcast? Yeah. So like, maybe for all the projects that you're working yeah, on, like yeah. your Twitch, your podcast. Uh, so main motiv- motivations. So I'm definitely, you know, there's a little bit of selfishness in there uh, for sure. If I'm being completely honest, uh, a lot of it though, primarily was the idea that my friends and I know a lot about video games. We talk about it. We do this often. So the idea was we can make something just by recording ourselves practically. And of course it ended up being much more involved than that. But the basic premise was well, we could just record our normal conversations talking about companies and developers and it'll be perfect. And Absolutely. so that was, that was one of the ideas. But then from that, it kind of became a thing where it was like, I really like having whenever I get in a hobby, I like getting really deep into it. So even my like tertiary hobbies, things like that. So like anime is not my primary hobby. Here's a, here's a good example. So really? Games, no, it's games, your lifestyle. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> video games aren't my primary hobby. I watch anime, but even though just enjoying anime, I still was like, I want to make sure I'm watching like 10 shows every season. I want to make sure I get through a tons of series and understand the medium to an extent. So I like getting deep with my hobbies, no matter what they are. And so this was just another way to do that too, where a lot of my friends in college and late high school were artists. And so they were able to create stuff, you know, they created plays, they created art. And uh, I was never good at creation of things. I could only talk very well and entertain a little bit. So it was also really nice to make a product uh, from my perspective, to actually finally be making something that people can consume and enjoy. Um, And then from the more selfish side of things, it's definitely a 
partially a thing where it's like, hey, you know, in the future, I'm not going to put it out of the realm possibility that we get big to a point where we can, you know, potentially monetize to a sense. And uh, that way we can do more of it and fund the lifestyle because I really like being in the video game lifestyle. Like I said, I hate formality. So I don't wear a suit at work. I hate suits. I don't want to ever wear a suit. I generally try and get out of it at like even weddings and things like that. So I want to be able to live as myself and live the life I want to live. And to do that, I need to, I, I want to do stuff like this, I should say, to maybe try and offset it so I can do more of that and less of the, you know, work grind office man stuff. I understand that. And that's yeah. the selfish motivation is I, I very much dislike the 40 hour office work week culture and i completely will not do it. I refuse almost to do it. So right. uh, just to put it into a lighter mood real quick. Uh, What's the game? You, well, actually, this is gonna make it worse. What is the game you've tried <laughs> playing, but after so much, you decided it wasn't worth uh, finishing? Uh yeah. You know, I don't drop games too too often. There are a couple. Uh, usually, my rule is when I start a game, I only buy a game if I intend to finish it. Generally, and so if I do start it, I'll kind of force myself to finish it before the next game. There's only a couple I dropped, and one Assassin's Creed Unity, which everybody knows the joke about that. If you're in the video game world, where it was so buggy at launch and so all over the place that I, I put maybe 40 minutes into it and was like, no. But uh, one recently that really for no particular reason got me was Nino Kuni 2. Really? So, Revenant Kingdom. Yeah. So I put about 27 hours into Nino Kuni 2. And it's about maybe a 40, 45 hour game. Uh, an RPG, JRPG right up my wheelhouse. And I wasn't even playing anything primarily at the time besides it. But I just kind of fell out of it and have not jumped back. And I don't intend to. And it's really rare for that to happen. I'm not too sure what about the game got that to happen i mean the, the gameplay wasn't too engaging to me but I, I can't give a good reason for it i just did not want to want to be there i think part of the purpose for it was that the story itself was it wasn't about the characters it wasn't about the story it was a storybook story like a fairy tale tale storybook story but the characters would come in you'd meet them and then you'd never see anything else about them ever again they'd just be in the party and there wouldn't be more like development or anything like that so i just kind of was like nah not for me right, fair enough uh Cam, you're single, aren't you? Yes. Have you ever been in a relationship before? Never. So I've, uh, what's it called? I've had some fun. Uh, what's it called? I've had some fun once. You've but had I've, relations of a different kind. I've yes. had relations of a different kind, but I've never been on a date and I've never had a relationship. Uh, mostly from my own choosing. I have been, I've been propositioned three times. So okay. that is the thing. I've been propositioned three times, but I have not accepted those. Uh, mostly because I live a very, I enjoy like my semi-solitary lifestyle. Like I really like being alone a lot of the time and having oh, yeah. alone time to play games. I'm very busy as it is between all my projects. So I don't know if I'd really have time for that. Um, for me, here's the thing. Like I can't, I've, I grew up as an only child, as I might've said before. And, um, you know, I have my own room, have my own independence. So I've always kind of lived alone. So the idea of being with somebody to an extent for that long period of time, like my ideal relationship, mind you, I would have no problem being in one, but my ideal would be like, we meet up once a week and like watch some anime, play some games and sleep in the same bed. Don't even necessarily do anything beyond that. And then I'll see you next week. <laughs> it's funny you should say that, but that it's for a different time. The life of the truck style or the life of a truck driver might be for you, in fact. Hey, man, all, all I'll say about that is it's on my list as like a third, like a thing I would do if other things don't pan out. It goes like if everything else doesn't pan out, it goes like truck driver and then night overnight security guard uh, in terms of lifestyles I would live. That'd be totally fine with living. Okay. So it, it is something I've considered. But yeah, in terms of relationship, um, I would be interested in one. That's the thing, right? A lot of people, I like joking about it because I like self-depreciating humor a lot. Banner is really big in my family and really big with my friend group. So I like the idea of, uh, and we always joke about, like, uh, you know, oh, Cam's asexual and that sort of thing. But no, like, it's something I would definitely enjoy. But I'm very particular, and it have to be a sort of thing where it was like, Almost not a no strings attached necessarily, but just like, oh, yeah, meet up once in a while to hang out. And then that's pretty much it. Something low commitment. Yeah, I low, low commitment. But the thing is, emotional commitment can be high. That's fine. I like being emotionally engaged with people, but it's really just the time uh, and the day thing that, that gets me. OK, uh, and I you did invite me to be a little bit more open about my questions. Yeah. Uh, is there a sexuality you identify as? Yeah, I am. I am straight for the most part. Yes. Okay. I, yeah. Um, I, I, part, say, I like that. I answer. say I say for the most part because uh, well, it depends how you want to classify it. So I'm I of course I am identifying that way. Like I'm attracted to the female body. Uh, but that being said, uh, the one time one time I did have a fun time, we should say, uh, it was with somebody who then later came out and identified as uh, what's it called 
um, trans, yeah, no, yeah, transgender. Yeah. Well, no, gender fluid. Sorry. Gender ah, fluid. Okay, so sure. at, at some times that person would identify as a male, sometimes a female. It's quite the landmine topic. If you're not like completely fresh on to uh, identifying. Top, yeah. Yeah. Luckily where, where I've been and where I've uh, been around in life is, is gets me on top of the turrets generally. Well, but, uh, uh, yeah. so that's why I say that's why I say for the most part, because it depends on other people who classify that. But I, all I would say is for people to come to Canada, because yeah. if you offend somebody, you just say sorry and then it's all forgiven. Yep. I, right. All I will say, say is, is, is yeah, that person had a, uh, a part that would be considered traditionally female is what I will say. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah. Well, as a married person, I'm not allowed to say anything otherwise by, you know, that's okay. You choose yourself, but I am moderately disappointed. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, if you could interview any video game industry rep for half an hour, who would it be? Ooh, see, you could go for the easy ones, right? You could go for like, oh, I want to do uh, Satoru Iwata or something like that. But I, I was thinking about it, and I think I actually would want to interview Phil Spencer from Microsoft. And uh, yeah, the that's, reason that's why... a surprising answer from you. Yeah, the reason why is because I have a lot of respect for Phil Spencer. And what he did was Don Matrick was the previous head of Xbox before Phil Spencer. And he was the one who did a lot of the, you know, driving Xbox 316 to the ground with Connect and all of the, you know, always online stuff for the Xbox One. He was the guy who did all of that. And then Phil Spencer came in and turned it all around. And he seems to, you know, he actually play games and actually be engaged with games. So I'd love to get a candid sit down with him and just be like, how did you turn it around? Like, how did this occur? What was the thought process of the Microsoft employees at the time under Don Matrick? Like, was this his idea? Was he pushing for this? Was everybody, were you a light, like a more light in the darkness who was like, guys, we should make games for core gamers. Like, I really want to know what happened in that transition there. Uh, it's just a topic that interests me. So I'd love to interview him. If I could be critical, if it was a critical, like, I'm interviewing you to make you understand something and get answers, probably Masuda over at Game Freak, um, Junichi Masuda, uh, who works on Pokemon, because I'd want to aggressively and semi-angrily question him on why he's uh, trying to make Pokemon a mobile game. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I feel like I could tell him. Things. I agree with that. I, I don't know how. I, I very much agree with that. I feel like I could tell him things that would give him a good perspective, and I'm not too I, sure. I but... pay to watch that happen, Ken. But I feel like I could be like, dude, listen, like you're trying to make games for a mobile audience. I know you're afraid of mobile games. I know you are. You're afraid of apps. But you have a core audience of like 15, 16 million people who buy your games every time. Why aren't you making games for them? Like, come on, man. And yeah, so I, that's my hardcore one. If I had to grill somebody, it would be him. Oh, man, that that would be frightening. I yeah. feel like he would look at you blankly after the uh, translator, like, you know, said the bit and he would just stand up and leave. <laughs> but I suppose if you like chained him to the chair, which we would never suggest that, no sir or ma'am. I would. Okay. Anyways, uh, do you speak any foreign languages? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Hi, watashi wa nihongo wo skoshi hanashimasu. Yeah. So a very little bit of Japanese. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah, Japanese is a little bit. Demo. Demo. That's pretty much uh, all the questions I have on my end. Uh, Nick, do you have any on yours? Not a question per se, but my only observation is that Cam is very much in, both in the wrong, very much in the wrong time period and also in the right time. Okay, I thought you were saying <laughs> in the wrong. I'm like, in wow. In the wrong. I'm like, no, let's go. No, I'm not about to start all of that. No, no. In the right time period because uh, of the video game stuff. Right, right. But, but just like your outlook on things i very much believe you believe you belong in a like a hemingway novel or a, i'm trying to i'm trying to think of the name um of that they did a movie on it i can't remember the name of the book we read it but they travel in harry a potter down, no in a beat down car from one end of america harry to the potter other too, super secrets there was no not that one no, no yeah, that, i'm like this is an anime i can't go help. back in time prisoner <laughs> azkaban no no but basically camp belongs in the 60s Right, yeah, where well, I, I, that's what I feel like. Where sixties, like seventies, where you I, I see what you're getting at, like, though. Well, see, my perspective on it though is because I'm a stubborn person, right? My perspective on it is I don't care what time period is. I'm gonna make it work. You know what I no, mean? No, of course. So, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I yeah, feel yeah. like it make it work regardless. But just like very much part of that uh, Woodstock mentality, uh, yeah. Woodstock uh, <laughs> uh, crowd. Yeah. <laughs> right. I do have one final question to wrap it up. Mm -hmm. Is there anything? Anything at all that you can think of that you'd want to tell your friends, families, fans, anything. Ooh, ooh. One big shout out that you could possibly wrap up to send out to the world. 
Yeah, you know, I think I think what I'd use this to say is to I'd use this probably because of course you could just do the like thanks everybody, but I would want to do this to to say a little something about about how I uh, treat things because I'm not sure a lot of people like know this or don't or believe this necessarily, but uh, generally like the things I'm talking about, the silliness I am when I'm talking about the banter and things like that, when we're talking about you know all the jokes about like that's not anime, I don't understand like generally everything i say like i'm not i'm a joking person i have fun with things but i'm serious about practically everything i'm saying so like where it, it's the joke we've had before i talked about it on a stream once where it's uh, i'm not a nihilist but i like the idea of a happy nihilism where we're to the point of just like we don't really care we're just gonna kind of be ourselves so like the the front i have isn't really a front in terms of it being like a wacky you know being wacky being goofy joking about this stuff you know openly talking about like hentai or whatever uh, real that's, life facade. yeah that's all completely serious like that's all 100 percent. anytime i'm talking into the video game that's 100 percent. so like the only thing that we the only thing we obfuscate really is political stuff um to, because we want to keep it apolitical but beyond that you're this is 100 percent real and when you see stuff like this, when you see me on stream, that's all 100% real. So I'm not putting up any persona or anything like that. That's just how I am generally. And uh, you can even hear the inside jokes of my friends on situations like that because, uh, yeah, I really, you know, I say everything about it openly where it's like uh, the one thing I'm terrible at is responding to messages. So if people send me messages, you guys might have seen this a couple of times. Sometimes I just won't ever respond unless you ask me a specific question. And then sometimes even still, I won't respond. So like that's all like 100 percent genuine. It's not malicious or anything. But I would use that point to kind of say, like, now I'm being real with pretty much everything I'm doing. So I don't think there's any uh, front or anything like that. Fair enough, ladies and gentlemen. That was Cam. Cam can be found on Twitter at Cam's Collects. Uh, the interviewers were, of course, myself at Tyler Vitito and then Nick at LR Warrior Eleven. Don't worry, guys. Uh, for those who are listening after the live show, obviously you heard it after uh, our main show this week. However, those who are listening live, you will be seeing us very soon. Over in about ten minutes, we'll be starting the main show. However, this is it for this one. That was Cam. That was Nick. That was myself. That was the interview of Cam. Hopefully, you understand him a little bit better. And yeah, thanks for this, guys. This was fun. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll see you guys next. <laughs> it was wonderful to understand you a little bit better because any <laughs> single time I can get a deeper look into the people I work with makes me happy. Because sometimes it's scary, the unknown variables, because you don't know what's going to happen. Maybe you'll find out something about them that you won't like. But and, honestly, and I'd rather know. And yeah, as a final word for me, in terms of what I was saying at the end there as well, uh, as you saw here, I mean, I had no problem answering like sexuality questions, things like that. So what I really want to stress is that I am a complete open book when it comes to everything. So just literally ask me anything and I really will not take offense to it. You have to you would have to try very hard to offend me and it probably won't work. People have tried uh, for years at a time and it doesn't work. So right. You can find his work over at Into the Video Games, which is also his uh, well, that's his main podcast right there. If you want to check out his work uh, streaming, it can be twitch.tv slash camcollects. Hey, hey. Anyways, enough shilling on my end. That was the side quest for Casual Master Quest. Let's start the main show soon. And don't forget to never stop the grind. See you guys later. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Love you. Love you.